Welcome to the QB Spotlight Podcast. If you are looking for an in-depth analysis and breakdown on group of five quarterbacks, my friend, you've come to the right place. My name is Eric Henry. I cover Conference USA as a whole, in addition to being SB Nation's beat writer for FIU football, and I'll be co-hosting this podcast. But the main reason you decide to search out this podcast and the main reason you're here, without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend behind QB Spotlight, Steve Hamner. Steve, how's it going, my man? Eric, things are well. Thank you for the uh, very nice but undeserved intro. I appreciate that. How are you doing today? <laughs> man, you are absolutely a legend. We we, we know that uh, group of five quarterbacks don't always get the spotlight they deserve. And I just want to give you a quick 30 seconds. For those of you who may be listening to us for the first time and just discovered us who didn't hear your intro debut podcast, I just want to give you a quick, you know, 30, 45 seconds to go at it and just kind of talk about who you are, your background, and what QB Spotlight is. Yeah, awesome, for sure. So uh, this is our second official podcast, the, the first podcast, which you can download and find, kind of talk briefly about us. But basically, we've been around for about a year, a little over a year. We take time to try to give uh, credit and, and try to really just spotlight some quarterbacks who are being overlooked. And, uh, you know, mainly quarterbacks in the group of five conferences get overlooked. So we spend most of our time in that, uh, those divisions of football, uh, not limited to, but we spend most of our time there. Uh, so, you know, we, we'll, we'll clip, we'll break down clips on, uh, on Twitter and just kind of give them shout outs and, uh, some analysis and some articles. And so we've got some other cool stuff going, but we're excited to get this podcast rolling and kind of see where it goes from here. So, yep. And absolutely, Stephen. you know, just really quick for those of you who, who don't know you and your background, you know, you did play a little small, small time college football as well. So you do have that background and, and you work in training athletes currently, but you've developed a pretty strong following on Twitter. That's correct, right? Yeah, we, we, we've uh, we've been doing pretty well and we seem to get, you know, more and more followers each day. So we're just trying to grow it and grow the brand and try to give these quarterbacks a, a spotlight and a place where they can be appreciated and people can come in and, and keep up with them because we've got some, some good quarterbacks at, you know, the lower levels as well, not just the power five. So yeah, we're growing and, and we've been able to have a pretty dis- decent little following. Awesome. You know, like I said, you know, Steve and I kind of know each other from Twitter and that's how we kind of met and the bond has been struck both of us, especially as me covering conference USA and him being a guy who's a hardcore football junkie. I think you're going to find the best of group of five football coverage in terms of quarterbacks right here. And without further ado, let's go and jump right into it. Steve, let's uh, jump into a conference that both of us know really well. I, I think, it could be argued that you have the best quarterback play of the group of five conferences, uh, maybe the, the most exciting, uh, Conference USA. Steve, you know, just overall thoughts, you know, Conference USA quarterbacks has been an interesting year. Uh, we've had, you know, maybe a couple guys who may have some NFL potential, but a lot of solid quarterbacks overall. And just I'll let you take it away, your thoughts on Conference USA quarterbacks. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Eric. So Conference USA, like you said, uh, I do think they probably have the best overall quarterback play from any group of five conference this year. Uh, if you would have asked me that last year, I probably would have said the Mountain West. And there are a few different reasons why. And one, obviously, they have the, the most teams uh, out of any uh, group of five conference. So they have the most opportunity. But they had several uh, returning starters come back this year compared to a lot of other conferences or replacing new starters and uh, d- dealing with injuries. Uh, not to say that there there weren't uh, a few new starters as well who surprised us, which we'll get into. Uh, but uh, definitely, I think they had the best overall quarterback play uh, of any Group Five conference. Um, so, 
there it was interesting because there, there were several seniors uh, who played extremely well and then several sophomores as well. So as we have some seniors leaving us this year, we have several sophomores uh, who had good seasons who are going to kind of carry the torch, if you will. Um, and so let's jump into a few guys I, I kind of want to spend some time talking about. First being Jamar Smith and, and Chris Robinson, uh, both first team all conference quarterbacks with Jamar Smith being the uh, offensive play of the year for Conference USA, just announced today, I believe. And it, it, it was interesting, you know, watching them play this year because their improvements were evident from last year. Uh, both guys received a ton of criticism last year uh, from both their fan bases. You know, Chris Robinson had 12 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, was inconsistent, kind of a lower completion percentage. And Jamar Smith as well, who, who was a very talented quarterback, uh, who just can never put it all together for whatever reason until this year. I know he missed a few games this year, but uh, when he was in the field, he played phenomenally. He, his completion percentage was up from uh, somewhere in the mid-50 range to about 65%. His interceptions were down. Same with Robinson. His completion percentage was up. His interceptions was down was down uh, as well, and his touchdowns, he had, I think he was – I think he had 22 touchdowns and four interceptions, if I'm not mistaken, or something along those numbers. So uh, it was really cool to see both of them have such a good and successful year, especially going through some criticism last year. Um, also, uh, so yeah, so they were, they were the first team uh, all-conference quarterbacks. The second team all-conference quarterback is one who anyone that watch, watches Conference USA know, knows of, Mason Fine, uh, who had – uh, a great sophomore year and a great junior year was the all conference uh, was the offensive sorry the offense the conference offensive player of the year back to back years and then I was actually surprised he got second team all conference at first uh, you know it was easy to overlook his 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 season this year because North Texas struggled so much they came to the season with a lot of expectation but but ended up struggling so it was uh, it was easy to overlook. Uh, the successful season that Fine had. So when I look back, and you know, statistically speaking, uh, he had a similar year to last year. Not as many yards, but he had more touchdowns. He had a, a better TD to interception ratio. So I think he deservedly had that. He deservedly uh, he deserved that that second team uh, all conference position. But two guys that really stuck out to me that were also deserving were Asher O'Hara from Middle Tennessee State and Chris Reynolds uh, from. Uh, Chris Reynolds from Charlotte, and I probably didn't touch on Jamar Smith and Chris Robinson. So Robinson at FAU and Jamar Smith from Louisiana Tech. I know every Conference USA uh, fan knows that, but for anyone who, who's not a fan of Conference USA, I uh, just wanted to throw that in there. So Astro O'Hara from Middle Tennessee State, the, the team itself didn't have the season it wanted, but I think you saw sparks of what's to come offensively the next two years. He's only a sophomore, one of the sophomores we talked about. And uh, he he's one of the he was one of the best dual threat quarterbacks, not just in the group of five, but in all of college football. He had over twenty six hundred yards passing, over a thousand yards rushing, close to thirty total touchdowns. I think he was at twenty nine combined passing and rushing. And he had a highlight reel. I mean, every game it seemed like there was he was jumping over a player, doing something, some Johnny Manziel type like stuff. So he was really deservingly deserving of that second team all conference position as well. I think. Uh, but the fact that team struggled probably. Uh, you know, sh sh he was shied away from getting that. And then Chris Reynolds as well. What a big turnaround of program. Uh, they, they, I know they were decent last year, but just in the past few years, they really developed into a good program at Charlotte. And, uh, you know, he's been a big reason why Charlotte is 7-5 and five and going to, to their first bowl game. Uh, Chris Reynolds also is a very good dual threat quarterback in his own right. He had over 700 yards rushing. 
uh, had over 2,300 yards passing, and I think 26 or 27 total touchdowns as well. And he didn't even start the season as their starting quarterback. You know, it, the opening game was uh, Brett Keane, the transfer from USF, which, um, you know, it didn't last too long as Chris Reynolds took over midway through the first game of the year. And since then, the reins has been him. And, you know, Coach Will Healy probably has a lot uh, – he can probably have a, a lot of credit and go to Coach Will, Will Healy for helping Reynolds you know, take the next step in his quarterback development. So those two sophomores are going to be really interesting to see next year, along with Robinson being a sophomore as well. So Conference USA is definitely in good hands, despite Mason Fine being a senior and leaving, Jamar Smith being a senior and leaving. And then I also want to touch on James Morgan as well, who I think is arguably the best overall quarterback with the most NFL potential, arguably, from Conference USA. Um now, you know, it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on this uh, here later on the podcast. Uh, I know it wasn't the season FIU won, and probably not the season Morgan won it statistically, but I think he still showed why he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, you know, last year he set the school record for passing touchdowns. Uh, he still took care of the ball this year. It, it, there were just a lot of factors at play that I think uh, – a lot of factors uh, went into play of, of why FIU and Morgan didn't have the season they wanted. But with that said, he still had a, a, a good year to his own right. Uh, he battled some injuries. You know, he had a big game beating Miami. So I, I think there's still positive take some still positive takeaways. And a dark horse guy who I really enjoyed watching this year, uh, and the last guy we'll talk about in Conference USA is, is Ty Story from from Western Kentucky, the trans <clears throat> excuse me, the transfer from Arkansas. So um, he didn't start the season off either as a starter. I think he took over maybe game three or four, I can't remember exactly, but Steven Duncan was the starter, got injured. Ty Story takes over and each game progressed and got better and better and better. And one of my one of my favorite performances out of any uh, quarterback performance out of any college football game this year was when he went back to Arkansas and, and they spanked him. It was awesome to see. I was so happy for him. Uh, did a great job rushing the ball that game and throwing. Had several touchdowns and all. So uh, I was happy for Ty. Excuse me. I was happy for Ty Story and, and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers really changing the, the 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 season from last year to this year, going eight and four and, and going to to a to a bowl game. Largely thanks to thanks to Ty Story's play, uh, their new head coach. So that's all I got on, on Conference USA. Eric, uh, you want to piggyback off any of uh, any of those guys? Sure, absolutely. So I think you did a great job of touching on the top half in terms of the statistical performers in conference USA, the Jamar Smiths and Chris Robinson's Mason Fines of the world. So I'm going to talk about the guys on the back end and I'll start with the one who, you know, you can take my bias out of it, quote unquote bias out of it is that the guy I spend the time and most amount of time around that'd be James Morgan and covering FIU James. And you touched on it. He's arguably the top pro prospect. Now there's a, you know, a multitude of reasons for that one that he's got that pro body, right? At six, five, 220 pounds. James also carries himself like a pro. And I'm not saying that to slight the other guys and say that they don't. But when you talk to James, you know, you're talking to someone who you know is going to go in there and win the press conference, win the interview. You know, as a, if you're an NFL scout, you're not going to find a, a quarterback who carries himself in a uh, a manner more of a, of a professional on and off the field than, than James. Now, when you get to his actual talent on the field, one of the things you mentioned is that he took care of the football. And that's huge because – when you look at his overall career statistics, he actually started his career at another group of five conference in the MAC and played at Bowling Green and was kind of a, of a square peg in a round hole, so to speak, because he was recruited to play in a, to be a spread style quarterback, which is the system he plays in now with offensive coordinator Rich Skrosky at FIU. However, 
the coach who was recruited by Dino Babers left to go to Syracuse, and that put him in a situation where Bowling Green hired Mike Jenks, who came from Texas Tech in that air raid system, and it just wasn't a good fit for James. I say all that to say in relation to protecting the football, in his two seasons as a starter at Bowling Green, James threw 28 touchdowns, but also threw 25 interceptions. And if my memory serves me correctly, he had 31 turnovers overall. You flip that to the FIU in his final year, you talk about numbers of 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. Sure, you look at the touchdowns and say that's pedestrian, but like you touched on earlier in your uh, breakdown of the quarterbacks, James also set the school record for TD passes in a season last year. So it's not as if he can't push the ball downfield and put it in the end zone. There just were a multitude of things that happened in terms of you know, turnover on the offensive line, and it took the guys this year a little bit more time to gel. But I think that's the major thing with James, that you're going to get a professional, and quite frankly, someone who, if you get him in the right system, he's someone who can, A, protect the football, and B, make all the throws. I mean, this is things that, you know, as we go on and in, in, in doing this podcast, you know, Steve, you'll get a chance to talk about James more in depth, and you'll talk about throws that he's liked, that, that you've liked from him and, you know, kind of break down some film and things of that nature. But there's a lot of reasons to like James Morgan. Now, the other two guys that you talked about on the back end were Chris Reynolds and Asher O'Hara. And both of them are really unique circumstances, right? So you talk about Reynolds not being the starter initially. Asher O'Hara as well was a guy who it was question marks as to whether, you know, he would be the starter. Now, granted, he was the person returning for Middle Tennessee State this year who had the most experience as they graduated Brent Stockstill. But Asher, so just to give you a little background on him, he was a JUCO product out of Rolling Meadows, uh, Illinois. Had a chance to, co- to cover him a little bit because I went to grad school up there in the, in the uh, Chicago area, and that's where Rolling Meadows is. But Asher's major question mark coming into this year was his development as a passer. I actually had a chance to see the game that he entered into in 2018 when Stockton got hurt. Asher came in at FIU, went 9 of 20 for 85 yards, uh, zero touchdowns passing, one interception, and, a, and I believe he had one rushing touchdown which, you know, Asher's the first quarterback in Conference USA in over a decade to run for 1,000 yards. So he's a proven commodity in terms of his rushing aspect, but as a passer, it was really unknown. So that's why to see his final numbers this year, throwing for over 2,600 yards, 26, uh, 26-16 to be exact on the year, 2,616 yards, 20 touchdowns with just eight interceptions was really impressive. And then Reynolds is a guy who, quite frankly, if you put him in Morgan's body, you're probably talking about, you know, the top quarterback in Conference USA. But the fact of the matter is he is a smaller guy, you know, clocking in at about 5'9", 5'10", 185 pounds. And that's really been the knock on him his entire career. Is he big enough? But the guy's just a playmaker. I mean, he – I think you would talk about him being a, a little bit of a, uh, you know, scrambler, Johnny Manziel type. And, and he, like you said, also uh, ran for over 700 yards this year. His final passing numbers are 2,366 yards, 21 touchdowns, just 10 interceptions. And I think the biggest key with Chris that you want to look for going into next year is just, A, how comfortable can he get in Will Healy's offense? Clearly, he excelled in it this year. But, B, they're going to lose running back Benny LeMay, so he won't necessarily have that, you know, kind of number one running back. Benny LeMay's arguably the top running back in Conference USA to see how he performs outside of that. But, yeah, just, I mean, I think a great breakdown of CUSA. A lot of talented guys. You know, the, the seniors of the group that you mentioned, Jamar Smith, Ty Story, Mason Fine, those guys will be gone, James Morgan as well. But you're bringing back, you know, Asher Harris, Chris Reynolds, uh, even an Isaiah Green, Tyler Johnston, Chris Robson, guys that we'll talk about more in depth as we go on, uh, Jack Abraham as well. So a lot of talent in this conference. But let's go ahead and move on to the next conference of play. And that'll be what, you know, arguably, maybe not in terms of quarterbacks, but in terms of overall teams, 
the best conference among G5, and that's the American. I'll let you take it away and uh, have your thoughts. Yeah, thanks, Eric. So I'm glad. Yeah, I I think we can all agree uh, for the most part that the American is is part of the the best overall conference for the group of five. Uh, and going into the season, I actually thought they had the best quarterbacks. They had the they had the best overall quarterback setup of any group of five conference as well going into the season. But uh, you know, like most things in football, things don't go according to plan. You know, things change. Uh, King from U of H decided to uh, sit out after the fourth game so he could play another year. Blake Barnett from South Florida, who had a decent or, or a pretty good year last year, he struggled and ended up getting injured. And and so South Florida had some quarterback issues. And then you have guys like Anthony, uh, like Anthony Russo from Temple and Desmond Ritter from uh, from Cincinnati, who did good things last year and then probably didn't take the the steps they wanted to take this year. Russo had a fine year, but you know Ritter was a little inconsistent. So uh, I think going into this season, I thought initially like this has a season, this has a, they have a chance to have a really good quarterback conference. And uh, not that they didn't have a good year overall, um, just some, some factors, you know, happened that, that it wasn't as good as it could have been. And with that being said, I think next year is they probably are going to have the, the best uh, quarterback conference in, in the group of five, which we'll touch on. Um, but it's interesting this year, so the, a lot of the offenses, with the, the exception of Navy and even Tulane in, in this conference, they they like to throw it and throw it a lot, and they like to chunk it deep. And I've, as you and me have talked before, Eric, sometimes that doesn't always lead to success. You might put up big yards or big numbers, but uh, if you're not completing the ball like as much as you should, if your completion percentage is you know in the, the mid to low, even highish 50s, uh, you know you're putting your defense back in the field more than they should be. And so with that said, the whole conference of all starting quarterbacks only had two guys with at least a completion percentage of 60 or above. You know, Shane Michelle from SMU and Brady White from Memphis. And those are two of the best teams in conference. Uh, you know, Michelle came in to transfer, transfer from Texas and was a huge reason why uh, SMU was able to, to climb the rankings higher than they had since, you know, the, the, the days of the Pony Express. Uh, and then Brady White, he took a, a big step this year. Um, last year, he received some criticism, kind of similar to to Robinson and, and Jamar Smith of uh, Conference USA. <clears throat> he was on a good team, but but received some criticism, like, like most quarterbacks do. Um, and so he took a good step this year. Uh, was was accurate throwing the ball, took care of the ball, and had a uh, went from twenty six or twenty seven touchdowns to thirty three touchdowns. So his TD to interception ratio went from under three to one to almost four to one this year. A lot of that has to do with coach Mike Norvell. Uh, so it'll be inter- interesting to see how uh, things play out with Memphis next year. I won't get too much into that, uh, but Brady White will be a big, uh, a big factor in making sure Memphis doesn't have a drop off next year. Uh, another guy I want to touch on who I think is going to be an absolute stud and uh, it'll be great to get your opinion as well on this is, is Dylan Gabriel from uh, UCF, the, the, the true freshman. And for a lot of reasons, he reminds me of Tua, probably because he's left-handed. He's from Hawaii. But uh, he has a similar style of play, which is a huge compliment. He, he's a great distributor of, distributor of the football and throws one of the best deep balls in all of college football. Um, and so I think he had a great freshman year, and I think th- he's only going to get better. And it was interesting. You, you, you might know this. Um, I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think out of every game that UCF lost – 
uh, he threw an interception, and every game they won, he didn't have any picks. So all his picks came in, in games that, that UCF ended up uh, losing. It's funny how that kind of correlates. Uh, <clears throat> but I thought he had a great freshman campaign, and I'm really excited for the conference moving next year. Um, I think Michelle will be back. He was a grad transfer, but he was a junior this year. Brady White's a junior. Dylan Gabriel was only a freshman. And they got some young guys as well. The ECU quarterback had a great year. Zach Smith from, from Tulsa, he, he's shown some really good things as well. So I think next year could be the year that the American is, is back on top uh, as far as the best quarterback play goes in the group of five conferences. But, uh, but this year, there's some guys still stuck out, but it wasn't as uh, successful as a year as, as successful as a of a year as uh, as it could have been uh, for quarterbacks in this conference. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll quickly piggyback off the guys you kind of touched on there, as far as Shane Bruchel, Brady White, and Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I'll start with Dylan Gabriel because he's the young buck of the, of the group. He's a guy who, once again you know, it didn't really know what his status was going to be heading into the year because he's a true freshman. And UCF had brought in the grad transfer in Brandon Wimbush. They also returning, were returning, excuse me, Daryl Mack Jr. And it looked like, hey, you know, those guys, DJ Mack, who came off of a, uh, not necessarily the best Fiesta Bowl performance, but had a really good performance in the American Conference, ironically, the American Conference title game, ironically, against Memphis, um, that he might have the inside track to be the starter. But he actually, you know, suffers an injury, broke his ankle playing basketball in the offseason. That opened the door for Dylan Gabriel to, you know, take the reins and really take care of that starting position. And he held on to it to the point where Brandon Wimbush, you know, never really had a chance to get back in there and put up phenomenal numbers. And you talk about, you know, his uh, Hawaiian roots, obviously, you know, the Hawaiian roots stemming from uh, coming from the, the state and, and just the background that UCF has. And quarterback there with Mackenzie Milton, Mackenzie Milton on staff there right now, kind of as, as a uh, still trying to recover from his own injuries, but also kind of as of a pseudo like coach on the on the roster on the coaching staff as well, and they've developed a really tight bond. But just on the field, I think the thing you have to love about Dylan Gabriel is as a passer, I think he's well ahead of the game than most true freshmen. He doesn't necessarily have the rushing ability that McKenzie Milton has. I think that's where some uh, conference of U.S. excuse me, not conference USA, some American conference fans as well as. Uh, UCF fans can get a little caught up because they want to compare him to his other, you know, uh, state, you know, kind of fellow um, brethren there in Mackenzie Milton. But he's a bit of a different quarterback. But he's a really great passer. And you touched on Brady White and Shane Bouchelle. It's really interesting to see those guys progress. When you talk about Bouchelle coming from the University of Texas, Brady White also was a transfer. Brady White came in from Arizona State, where he was with Mike Norvell as well. And it was two guys who if you wanted to label them as really kind of unfulfilled potential, you knew both of them. I mean, they look like professional quarterbacks, have great size, you know, great pocket awareness, great presence back there, but hadn't really put everything together. Bouchelle has a great year. You talk about SMU having their best success since the Pony Express. And then Memphis, they finally get over the hump. Just recently, this past weekend, they win their first conference title, you know, defeating Cincinnati. So that was huge for them. But, Steve, you know, really quick, as we're now at the 22-minute mark of this podcast, I want to transition to the other, uh, the other conference here, the group of five podcasts, excuse, the other group of five conferences, excuse me, on the podcast, getting ahead of ourselves here, uh, the Mountain West. You know, it's, it's kind of been an intriguing uh, a group of five conference because, you know, out there in that time zone, you know, those of us who ask me for myself who live on the East Coast primarily, we know that you split your time between Texas and Florida. You don't necessarily see a lot of those guys, and sometimes it's hard to kind of get, you know, watch those games live or catch the film on the back end. So what were your thoughts on those as we kind of get into the second half of this podcast? Yeah, Eric. Yeah, no, no I'm with you. Sometimes, you know, 
a lot of those Mountain West games are, you know, considered like Pac-12 after dark. You know, they're playing at, you know, 10 o'clock Eastern time. So it's hard to stay up. But, uh, but yeah, low-key, the Mountain West is one of my favorite conferences to watch. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's the mountains and in, in, in the background, the scenery, and uh, by a lot of the stadiums or what it is. A lot of times they have good fan support too, especially their team as well. But uh, no, it's a fun conference to watch. And, and last year they probably had the best quarterback play in, in all of the group of five. Uh, largely thanks to, to Jordan Love and uh, some seniors last year. And, and this year there's a lot of turnover and new starters that came along and a lot of injuries. But, you know, we lost guys like uh, Marcus McMarion from Fresno State was a senior last year. Brett Ripien from Boise State was a senior last year. So there are a lot of – there's a lot of turnover as far as starters go and then a lot of injuries, unfortunately, as well. So Colin Hill, uh, the, the starting quarterback at Colorado State, he was injured. Sean Chambers, who I think is an absolute stud. He's a fantastic runner. He, he's he got a cannon for an arm. It's just, you know, honing that in and keep keep developing. But I think I think he's a guy to watch out for for Wyoming. Uh, he was, a, uh, I think, a freshman this year. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he was a freshman because he only played in three or four games the previous year. Uh, so he was able to redshirt. But, uh, yeah, he was injured. Uh, Rodgers from UNLV, um, you know, U, U, uh, New Mexico, their quarterback situation wasn't settled. So there's a lot of moving parts. A lot of teams had multiple quarterbacks play. Uh, and so when I think about the Mountain West and, and the quarterback situation, both of the loves stand out. Josh Love from San Jose State and Jordan Love. Josh Love had a fantastic season, uh, winning Offensive Player of the Year for the conference, um, passed for nearly 4,000 yards. Uh, over 22 passing touchdowns, and he led uh, San Jose State from I think they either won one or two games last year to a five and seven record this year. And man, they had some some close losses, especially at the end of the year. They were so close to to being bowl eligible. Uh, but one of my favorite games this year was when Josh Love and San Jose State went into Arkansas and, and beat them and beat them handily. I know the end score looks closer than it was because Arkansas made a run at the very end, but. Um, Josh Love was, was a huge reason why San Jose State turned their uh, turned the season around from compared to last year. And then uh, Jordan Love, you'd probably think should have uh, going into the season. You would say out of the loves that Jordan Love, of course, is going to win the Offensive Player of the Year. Player of the Year, but things did not go according to plan uh, for him. Not to say he had a had a, a bad season by any means, uh, but it was nothing like his sophomore year last year, where he threw for like thirty two touchdowns, six interceptions, it was on point. Uh, this year he struggled at times, and I don't know if it was necessarily his fault. He he might have been pushing at times, but uh, with that said, he he still showed why he's probably the best Group of Five conference uh, quarterback there is right now. And he's going to be, I think, I believe he just uh, declared for the NFL draft, and he's going to make a team lucky because I think he's gonna he's gonna really pan out. I don't want to get too much NFL draft talk, um, but I just want want to be clear that I still think very very highly of him. You know, he he had 16 picks this year, only 17 touchdowns. Uh, you know, a new coaching staff, so he might have just been trying to do a bit too much, but he still showed glimpses and showed reasons why he, he's one of the top quarterbacks in all of college football. Um, so lo- those two guys really stuck out. Someone that I really enjoyed watching was Hank Bachmeyer from Boise State. I think he's going to be a star. Uh, one of my favorite games of the year, I know I keep referencing favorite games of the year, but games that really stick out to me, certain games, and is uh, the first game of the season against Florida State. Uh, they're down three scores. Hank Buckmeyer, true freshman, starting. Uh, he's getting his helmet popped off and play after play. He's coming back, coming back. And then eventually things just start clicking, and he leaves them to a comeback victory against uh, 
Florida State and they get a win. He, he's going to be a star. I, I, he dealt with some injuries. I think they were 7-0 and before he got hurt. Don't quote me on that. But uh, regardless, he had Boise State off to a good start. And, uh, and then Boise, Boise State still ended up winning the Mountain West. And they had several quarterbacks play after Bachmeyer got injured. And uh, Jalen Henderson, uh, I think a former UTSA actually quarterback a few years back, uh, who's senior now at Boise State? He took over the final few games and, and played really well and helped Boise uh, win the uh, win the Mountain West. Um, and then an interesting quarterback I want to touch on here is Cole McDonald from from Hawaii. Um, puts up huge numbers, second in the league, second in conference and, and passing yards, and uh, was also second in the conference in, in interceptions, right behind uh, Jordan Love. And uh, consistency is the biggest thing for Cole McDonald. There are times where he's just slinging the ball around the field and he looks like the, the best quarterback in all of Mountain West and all the group of five that like he just can't be stopped. And then there are times where he'll have back-to-back series of just like, what are you doing type plays, you know, picks here, picks there. And so that, that really can, can, has hurt him uh, in the past is just his turnovers. And, you know, the Arizona game, game week zero actually, uh, really stands out whenever they were playing Arizona in Week Zero, and he, I think, I believe he had four interceptions, and they ended up losing by a field goal, or something like that. So, you know, if you take away those picks, they probably win that game. They even played a Hawaii, even played uh, I forget his first name, but Cordero, who who was a pretty good backup quarterback in his own right, he played. Uh, he had some significant playing time because of Cole McDonald's inconsistencies. Uh, so. He's still McDonald's is still coming back next year, and he's got a chance to be a really good player. I just think he kind of needs to clean up a few things here and there. But Coach Robolich over at Hawaii, I, I think, will get him right, and uh, I, th- I think he'll have a, a good year next year, and it'll be a, another fun year to watch Mountain West football. But yeah, overall, uh, it was a surprising year for quarterback play for Mountain West, uh, but I think they got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good guys come back next year. Yeah, so real quick, I'm going to kind of keep my thoughts here brief because we also did get some fan questions that we definitely want to try to touch on this episode. So the guy who really quick stood out to me in this conference was Hank Bachmeyer. You know, I just really loved it. You mentioned the Florida State game. I had a chance because FIE's opening game was not on the same day. It was on a Thursday at Tulane. So I had a chance to watch this game live uh, from the comfort of my couch. And, man, Bachmeyer, you touched on it, the fact that, his team went down early. You know, it looked as if Florida State, they were the old Florida State. You know, the team was celebrating on the sideline, that kind of atmosphere, at, you know, down at Doak Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee. But Boise State, they managed to have a huge, tremendous comeback in the second half. Bachmeyer's numbers in that game, 30 of 51 for 407, one touchdown, one interception. But you touched on it. He was getting rocked in the first half. I mean, really getting, you know, his offensive line, that was an offensive line that struggled to come together early on. They had, uh, you know, a lot of young guys come together as well, which can be said uh, is an issue that you have to take into account when talking about group football football as a whole. But, yeah, just the fact that he hung in there and for that being his first collegiate start, he's another guy who had to go into a QB battle, you know, wasn't sure that he was going to be the guy. And then circumstances came out through training camp where he ended up being the starter. And just to show that kind of grit and resolve really impressed me and to follow that up with another win uh, at home against Marshall one week later. So, you know, that really impressed me a lot with Hank Bachmeyer. But I want to move into our final conference because, like I said, you know, we do have some fan questions we want to get to. And it's the Sun Belt. You know, the Sun Belt's a conference that really kind of goes under the radar, probably the most so out of even all of the group of five conferences, just because, you know, the teams, I would say even uh, as someone who, you know, covers group of five football as a whole, it's the hardest to find consistent information on them and also probably the hardest to find consistent film so we're going to go ahead and break down the sunbelt here you know steve what you got in the sunbelt my man 
Yeah, no, I'm with you, and and uh, it can be hard to watch games. I'll, admittedly, a lot of times I don't watch the Sun Belt live. I have to go back to ESPN Plus and and watch uh, the rerun of a game at some time, at some point throughout the week. Uh, but I do enjoy watching watching the Sun Belt, and and man, they took as far as quarterback play goes, they took the the biggest step forward from last year to this year. A lot of good quarterbacks. Uh, well, a lot of good quarterbacks were, were spinning it this year, and last year we probably just had a handful. Uh, I want to touch on 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 Caleb uh, on Barker and, and Caleb Evans. Um, Barker being from Troy and, and Evans being from UL Monroe, both with great careers, and uh, both teams went five and seven though. But both those guys led the whole conference in, in passing yards, and uh, so I'm glad that they went out on top, uh, even though that the, the teams itself had disappointing years. Uh, Troy is going to be in good hands moving forward with with their uh, first year head coach Chip Lindsey, and then. Uh, I'm not sure what's in store for ULM. Evans really kind of carried them, especially almost beating Florida State. I believe the game after Boise State actually this year. Uh, but g- nonetheless, they both had great college careers, and it'll be in- interesting to see who takes over for them. Um, and then I want to I want to jump on. Uh, want to touch on on Lewis from Louisiana Lafayette, Levi Lewis, and Zach Thomas from App State. Both those guys are guys who just find ways to get it done throughout the whole year. Um, they're not flashy, but man, they're successful. And there's a reason why those were the two teams playing in the Sun Belt championship. Uh, you know, Z- Zach Thomas from when he started last year, almost beating Penn state to beating North Carolina this year, South Carolina, and then beating a Sun Belt championship. Zach Thomas is a guy who you'll be watching an app state game and nothing's flashy. He's making some runs, making some throws. And you look up in the box score, and Thomas has four touchdowns, and App State's up by 30 points. You're like, how did that even happen? Which I think is a huge compliment because he just gets the job done. And Lewis is very similar as well. Uh, and they, they both do a great job taking care of the ball. I think Lewis only had four interceptions this year, and Thomas only had six. So, uh, you know, as cliche as it is, if you take care of the football, good things usually happen for your team. And, you know, with those two teams being the best best. Uh, schools and conference. I'm sorry, in, in the Sun Belt, um, it really goes to show how the importance of taking care of the football. Uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks I want to touch on, and and all of college football is Dan Ellington from Georgia State. Like like Bachmeyer, one of the toughest kids I've watched play. Uh, he's he reportedly played in a tour, torn ACL the past few past few uh, past few games, and being the field that I'm in, you know, we, we rehab a lot of guys. And, uh, mostly baseball, a lot of football guys as well. And in ACL, you, you're out for the count for a long time. If, if you're back within seven months, that's an extremely fast rehab. Uh, that's, ex- that's an extremely fast uh, recovery. Uh, so the fact that he was playing on a torn ACL and didn't even get it fixed is is very impressive. And he was a huge reason why Georgia State went, Georgia State goes from two and ten last year to seven and five and going bowling this year. Great season for him. They upset Tennessee. Uh, just, just a great season. He's leaving Georgia State in good hands moving forward. And the last guy I want to touch on the Sun Belt is Lane Hatcher from Arkansas State. Uh, started his career at Alabama, transferred to Arkansas State this past year. I believe he's a redshirt freshman. And uh, he took over game four, maybe, maybe five or three. I can't remember exactly. He didn't start the season off as a starter. Logan Bonner was actually the starter, got hurt, season ending injury. Hatcher takes over, leads the conference to completion percentage. It's extremely impressive that is at 68, especially with how often they throw and, and how often the route routes are downfield. That makes that completion percentage even more impressive. Uh, but when you have guys like Omar Bayless at the wide right receiver position, 
it makes things a little easier. Omar Bayless is one of the best wide receivers in all of college football and probably a guy a lot of people haven't heard of. So I, I uh, encourage anyone that hasn't heard of him to, to go into YouTube and type in Omar Bayless and look up some of his games this year. It's impressive. He'll be playing on Sundays. Uh, but that, that's something that's going to be interesting to watch next year is the Arkansas State quarterback position because Hatcher is coming back. Logan Bonner will be back. So it'll be interesting to see if they open up a quarterback competition or, or – uh, you know, what they decide to do. Uh, but, yeah, Sunbelt overall, in general, just to recap it, uh, they really took a step forward as far as quarterback play from this from last year to this year. Absolutely. And, man, you know, time's kind of flowing by on this podcast as we're now 35 minutes into it, which means we are going to get to some fan questions. Once again, we appreciate you for DMing Steve at QB Spotlight on Twitter where you can send your questions. You can also find this podcast on iTunes, just want to make sure I get that in there. But, Steve, the two questions we got were two Conference USA quarterbacks, James Morgan and Frank Harris. I'll let you go ahead and give your thoughts on both of those. Um, we said we'd, uh, we'd keep Twitter handles private just because we don't know, you know how people feel about one of their questions publicly uh, known. So until we get the okay as far as you know, Twitter handles and whatnot, we'll keep that private. But the quarterbacks, James Morgan, you kind of gave your thoughts on him earlier, but I'll let you kind of head and expound on him a little bit as far as his NFL potential. And then the second question was about UTSA's Frank Harris coming off an injury and what he may or may not be able to do with under um, first-year head coach Jeff Trailer, the running backs coach from Arkansas who just took that job. Yeah, awesome. So I'll touch – I know we both touched on James Morgan a lot. and We'll probably be touching on him more as the NFL draft comes up. Uh, <clears throat> but I definitely think he he is worthy of a draft pick for sure. He, an NFL team is going to be getting a professional, like you said. Someone does things the right way. And uh, someone who can make all the throws. Because, I mean, it, it's one thing to be a professional and do things the right way. But if you can't play football, I mean, you're not going to play on Sundays. But lucky for James Morgan, he can play football. He can spin it with the best of them. Uh, so to, to answer his question, yes, James Morgan, I think has a, has a shot to stick around the NFL and, uh, g- give a team a successful backup quarterback. And then if his number gets called on the, in the future and down the road, uh, you can rest assured he, he will be prepared because he will be studying the game film. He'll be preparing like a starter. So whether he gets drafted or not, he'll make a, he'll, he'll make a team lucky regardless if he ends up starting or not. This, this, his presence in, in the facility is going to be beneficial. And then the Frank Harris question. So he was a pretty decent recruit out of call out of a high school. Uh, a lot of bigger schools wanted him to play defensive back. He's a great athlete. And uh, so he was injured all of last year. He was probably going to be a starting quarterback. And then he got hurt. Uh, uh, one of the early games this year, I can't remember the exact game. So we have a we don't have a ton of film on him, but the film we do have on him, he played very well. With that said, it was against Incarnate Word, uh, but I'm very optimistic with Frank Harris, and uh, I think it helps that they have a stud running back. Uh, the name the name slips me. You'll probably know it, Eric. Uh, but they have a stud freshman running back who's coming back, and and I think the new coach is going to be uh, going to be a good fit as well. And the, the ceiling is. Is, is is high at UTSA. If they get some good pieces and parts in place, and some pieces and parts in place, and I, I think they have a shot to be in contention for Conference USA year in and year out if they have the right coach come in. But but as far as Frank Harris goes, I I, I think highly of him. Uh, I think if he can just stay healthy, that he's got a shot to be pretty successful. Absolutely. As we get ahead and you know get a chance to wrap this one up right here, you know once again, please send your 
your Twitter questions to at QB Spotlight on Twitter. You can DM them. You can also DM me if you have questions at Eric C. Henry underscore on Twitter. Thank you for listening. You can find the QB Spotlight podcast, like I said, you know, primarily on iTunes. We will be available on other podcast platforms as we grow. But please, thank you for listening. Share us, you know, like us. You know, feedback is always is always warranted, so and always welcome. So if you have feedback, let us know. Thank you for listening. And hey, we plan on being your hub for Group of Five football and Group of Five quarterbacks. So thank you once again for listening and and enjoy some Group of Five football. We've got some great bowl games coming up, and we'll catch you down the road next time. Appreciate it.